0: Jump right into your story. What has been your biggest turning point in your life?
1: Well, I don't know where to start or how to sum it up in a nutshell, but I'll try. First of all, I am excited to be here. I am honored that you invited me and reached out. And my story, how can I start? Puerto Rican, living in the Caribbean with Uh, mom that was single or divorced and my grandma that was single and divorced (laughs) and I was ever since I was a little girl I was interested in human behavior and I would love to observe people and there were some like these men you know my mom and my grandma were divorced so these men in in my life that were supposed to be significant men in my life like a granddad or uh, my own biological father you know, I'm like, what's wrong with them? Why is it that they didn't make this work, you know, for my grandma and my mom, even my aunt also got divorced. So I was always curious, like, what is going on with this? And then I grew up um, with my own personal little struggles, internal struggles on insecurities, right? Why didn't my dad stick around? I'm the youngest of four. And I'm like, why did they separate it or got, got a divorce? You know, when I was coming into this world basically am I defective you know am I a problem in life and I felt like I was always like a burden and moved on in life you know fast forwarding to my college years or adulthood I'm like well I've always wanted to be a mom and I want to break the cycle of divorce in my family and I'm not saying that (laughs) it's something horrible but I'm saying like it, it needs to happen and I'm very grateful my mom made that decision for the best in our in our family and in our situation but I'm like I'm gonna be determined and I'm gonna break that cycle got married and then that's why I had my eight babies we took one at a time and after that my youngest one was going to kindergarten and I'm like what am I gonna do and I don't know if this is my t- uh, turning point Esther but I think making that decision after raising my eight children was so empowering because I had already had some college years with me but then I interrupted that to fulfill my one of my biggest dreams was to get married and have children and I was just such a wonderful mother because that's what I always wanted to be very devoted very present for my children then when I decided right to take upon me this new adventure. It was so fun because it was a healing journey for me and a healing uh, process and that I needed in my life because I had suppressed all these feelings and all these insecurities and all these things. And I was in this survival mode that when my oldest child started growing up and being a teenager and having a mind of his own, uh, he would tell me, mom, you need help. He told me that one
0: time. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> and, and through schooling and all that, I realized I have so much in my life, so much baggage in my life to get rid of. And my shoulders, I was carrying, I'm bearing this weight or this burden that didn't belong to me or that was unfair to me. So, yeah. So, I was basically my first client. Like when I started schooling, I um, started this healing journey through journaling, through answering the questions that I were to answer if I wanted to be a life coach. I needed to overcome all these suppressed things that were inside of me. Um, as a child coming from this, I don't know if to call it a broken household, or I, don't, my mom, I said to my mom one time, dysfunctional, and she said, I made it very functional. And it's, right, she made it very functional But at the same time, it's not the model that was expected in society in those days, right? But um, so I had all this inside of me. So my turning point was realizing I had all these buried suppressed negative emotions that contributed to my insecurities or focusing more in my flaws than focusing in my strengths to contribute to the world. And that's, I think, my long answer <laughs> about my turning point when I made a decision to do something for myself. But in 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 that same um, as a token of me wanting to do something for others in the community, and in society and in this world, that was a beautiful thing for me, and that's been like a my big awakening and quite an interesting jo- journey. Yeah, even. Uh, after I graduated and accomplished what I wanted to accomplish at the time, and now serving others and being an entrepreneur, um, an amazing journey
0: <laughs> wonderful. And how <laughs> did it start actually what What was the the starting point with from your awakening?
1: well, so um I was always like wiser beyond my years, so to speak, you know. Um, as a child, and because my mom was working so much for us, right, um, for us, and to provide, grandma was basically like the stay-at-home mom or the one that raised us. She had so much wisdom, and I absorbed that wisdom, and I was always like wiser, supposedly, right? Being my, and then as an adult, as a mom, I had so many kids, tons of people who always ask for my advice, so. So I, I just love to help others and to counsel or advise or try to find... I remember even before I did hypnosis, right? Which is a uh, the study of how to help others get into this subconscious trance state to sort out things that are impairing or inhibiting your progress, right? Like fear or when somebody is stuck, you know, I find root causes of their addictions or their negative behaviors, right? So even without knowing this, right, I um, I kind of wanted to do that with my friends or try to understand them better, like, mm, so maybe why or what drove you to be this way or to act this way or to be a person of these behaviors or these characteristics? So that's basically what uh, started the journey and that's how I found the school that I found that's kind of holistic and provided all these degrees and, in these areas like life coaching and hypnosis and nutrition and essential oils and how to heal as a whole um, the spirit and the mind and the body and that was fascinating to me and that's why I, I pursued it when I was able to find it and I don't know if that answered your question <laughs> because I like to talk, but yeah, does that answer?
0: Did you have fear as
1: well? Absolutely, yes. I had many fears, of course. I had this lack of confidence. Like, can I? I had that burning desire inside of me, but I'm like, are people going to go along with me or accept my help or receive it openly? And of course, that what is called the imposter syndrome creeps in, like, who am I? Who am I to, you know, what's my credibility? Oh, but I haven't been an author. I haven't written a book. You know, oh, maybe I need to write a book. And then even when you write your book, I don't know if you feel this after. Like, there's always the next level, right? New level, you know, new devil is what like people say. But I just think a lot about the word fear. And fear, as I remember, if you want to help me in case I forget, is like false evidence appearing real. And I have been on the side of fear so much and so long that lately or since the pandemic, because I needed to pivot my business from brick and mortar to virtual, I'm like, this is awesome because my why is bigger than my fears. Even though sometimes fear, yes, creeps in, and it can be even freezing, paralyzing. I decided during all this pandemic and the experiences and what I saw I was able to accomplish, even in the midst of adversity, I just said, no more, no more. And yes, it doesn't mean that I don't experience fear anymore, but when I still act with courage, despite of the fear, Oh my goodness, that is when it's so gratifying. So, yes, I had my fears. Am I going to afford a place when I first started, you know, having an office that was a physical office? How am I going to find the clients? How am I, you know, of course, you know, but as you, when their why is more important, right, you find the way and you say, shield up, fear, go away, not today. So that's how I've been able to overcome it or act despite the fears. And that's why I encourage your audience, that's what I encourage your, your audience to, to do. How much longer are you going to allow fear to control you, Or how are you gonna just diffuse that, set it aside, send it away and act despite the fears?
0: Do you have special techniques to overcome fear
1: oh yes, this is not mine, but I've learned from a source. I even forgot what was the resource, but the SOS method, it's like, remember SOS where signals send by ships, right? Like save our ship, right? But mm-hmm. I, I kind of tweeted and I said, save our soul. Let's save our soul, right? SOS, what, what that's the, that does is this helps you, the S, the first S mean, stop, stop the thought process, stop the fear, stop the irrational reasons or excuses you're giving yourself for not doing whatever it is that, that you think you can do, you could do, you're capable of doing, but the fear is creeping, so you stop that, and the O is observe, observe, where is this coming from, what is triggering the thought, okay, is it true like no so the thing is it true is it helpful is it necessary and is it I don't know what it is but I don't know if you've seen the think right so when you observe and say where is this coming from was it from this voices from the past voices of authority that humiliated you or Said bad things about you from the past, like a teacher that didn't treat you well, or a parent, or some adult figure, or self inflicted. What is it? You observe that. Okay, so stop, observe, and the last S will be shifted. Shift that thought process like a <laughs> pancake or like a tortilla from Texas. So we eat lots of tortillas. <laughs> Just flip it, flip it to the other side and think what if this does work what if I can be successful what if I don't fear success because I'm willing and ready to because success comes with responsibility and while some people fear failing some people fear succeeding being successful in life because that comes with a lot of responsibility so when you stop observe and shift the thought process shift your patterns of behaviors that's when magic started happening for me anyways <laughs> and i recommend it for anyone
0: wonderful formula sos <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> thank you so you said stop and observe what are the best means to observe ourselves sometimes it's difficult because we are turning our thoughts in our head and we we cannot observe
1: That's a great question, Esther, and of course, this is what I'm going to say. Sometimes we cannot observe, right, when we're in a labyrinth or we're in a forest, we don't see the exits, right, or we don't see because we're in the midst of it. And if there's somebody hovering over, right, I'm using my hands here, (laughs) even though this is audio, I'm using my hands because when we're, when if somebody is taking an objective picture or seeing from the outside, that is when, and that's why I'm here. I'm a life coach and that's what I do. Because then that mentor, therapist, whatever it is, that pastor from your church, that, that I don't know, professional person, that grandparent, that spouse, that partner, your child. I've been telling you this all the time, but you don't admit it, mom. You know, see, it took my son to tell me at the time, a long, a long time ago, you need help, mom. Wow, that was like a slap in my face, but it takes that outside perspective if we're not capable, you know, to do it ourselves, because we can. And you ask, you know, how can we observe when it's kind of hard for us to get out of our heads? Is that we need to do this analysis. I don't know if you've heard this SWOT analysis, where we evaluate our strengths. Our uh, W is for uh, SWOT, like strengths and weaknesses. And then we evaluate our opportunities and the threats, you know. But sometimes it's hard for us to say, to determine that ourselves. So we need to ask someone else that we trust that wants the best for us. So that's why it's so important to have that second perspective or other person. Help us understand you are strong with it. Because sometimes we don't even acknowledge our strength. So if somebody else says you're good at this, you're good at that. And some things that we take for granted, you're like, that's that's just me. That's just how I do things. No, but that's a beautiful strength you have that you can use it for your good, right? Or for, for progression or for healing. And then observing. Yes, that's my answer. When it's so hard for you as an individual to, uh, to observe, Maybe you need to ask somebody else that has the best interest in you. And um, that's been so helpful in my life because we were talking before we started the recording. I have this coach that's amazing in my life, Esther, you know that, and he was able to challenge me to stretch my potential and capabilities and to also see my strength, but also see Lori. You know, he was very diplomatic, very nice but he would help me understand my weaknesses so that was very helpful for me in my life and it's still
0: wonderful and what made you search for a coach because for myself i i thought i can i can do that without anybody i can do it myself and it took me so long to to get a coach
1: yeah when, when you are so stuck and, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting new results or different results, I'm like, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> and I had come out of my schooling and we took like a business class and all that, but it's not the same as when you are now thrown into the real world, right? And I was in my office, like, okay, waiting for people to come and it took this coach to tell me, um, no, you have to get out of your four walls. You have to network. You have to get yourself out there. And then during the pandemic, no, it has to, you know, you have to go live on social media if you want people to get to know you, right? Because now I was not limited to my location. I was now I'm exposed to the world through this wonderful, you know, worldwide web. So um, it helped. What helped me realize I needed approaches. is that I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. And it, the same as raising my children, you know, the, there's a the saying that goes, it takes a village, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes in some cultures that's believed. Uh, I think also it takes a village for us uh, as entrepreneurs, business owners, um, to look out for help. Somebody that's been there, done that, that is ahead of you, some even some a few steps ahead of you, to help you and to you know hold your hand and say no this is the best path even if it's just in your mindset but also professionally marketing and all that when I was feeling so stuck and I'm like I don't know what else to do I needed I needed to ask for help because something had to change
0: what are your clients suffering the most from at the moment
1: yeah my clients are stuck my clients are hindered by traumas from their past that are so present in their lives, and they don't know how to organize their daily schedules for time man- effective and productive time management because they're so consumed with these events from the past. That is, they're just so present that that it's consuming their thought, their energy, their thoughts. And and um, yesterday I had somebody reaching out. And he said, I'm a hot mess <laughs> because people don't know or don't realize they're grieving. Many of my clients are grieving, not only be, but because of death of a relative, but because of many other losses in their life. And they don't realize that. And when I mentioned the word, they, wow, now that you mentioned that, they said, I think I have been grieving all these years, this or that. Or some people say I don't ha- I haven't had time to grieve, and um, somebody that lost a daughter in a very traumatic way was came to me because she was grieving the loss of her daughter for years, uh, you know, for, since four years passed, right? And I for the last four years I've been grieving the loss of my daughter that passed away so tragically, but as it turned out, that was the tip of the iceberg. She was grieving the loss of many things in her life growing up, and not necessarily by death, right? And during the pandemic, people were grieving many losses of freedoms, of um, many, many losses. So that is who my client is right now. Um, people that feel stuck, people that don't realize um, that they are going through this grieving process. Um, and they want to change they want to move forward my client is, is someone also that is so done with where they have been and where they are that are ready for change and to move hmm.
0: so laurie where can people reach you
1: yes people can find me at or- uh, by Lori Beard. I'm wearing like a pink jacket in my picture and have a big okay. smile. <laughs> um, I'm Lori Beard, L-O-R-I-B-E-A-R-D on Facebook and LinkedIn. But also my work is about uh, moving forward in life, right? So my website is www.steadfast-forward.com. Step fast forward, because that's what I want. I want you to step fast forward into your greatness. So that's where people can find me, the forward So fast
0: forward. So one last word, Lori, from our audience.
1: Well, I like this quote that I want to share. And Marvin J. Ashton said, we must do our part to progress and enjoy life while we are in the process of meeting our situations." And that's what I offer. I offer joy and fulfillment. Because I believe that it doesn't matter the opposition and adversities we're facing and there's circumstances we're living under. We must do our part to challenge that, to conquer it, to be happy and find joy in the process. There's, I'm sorry if you don't agree, you're listening in the audience, but I want to invite you to think about there's never losses, but lessons. In my life, I have had relatives and dear families suffering terminal illnesses. I've had incar- incarceration. I've had diseases, illnesses, uh, doors closed to me in my face, uh, people making fun of some things that I find they're amazing and that I work hard for. My book, somebody laughed at at, and and rejected the name of my book one time you know after I was gonna speak at an event there's so many things that we have gone in life and gone through and you will and people were afraid of the pandemic they wanted it to be done because then that was gonna be the end of it and the world was gonna go back to normal and be happily ever after but guess what (laughs) it's not if it's not the pandemic there's gonna be the next thing and the next thing but you, we need to rise above those circumstances. And that is my last message. Um, I want to encourage you to always, always pursue for, you know, for that happiness, to fight, fight for for your freedom, um, if, if that even see freedom from yourself so that you can become your own best friend and advocate and ally. So that's my message.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Laurie, for your sharing. That was really, really so helpful.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to share.